Oh, you know what time it is. Let's run with the herd here. A special edition of the Herd Hour. Randy Burnside, former SID and the authority of Marshall Football, Justin Arvon, come on up to the porch and join me, Blaine Smith, as we talk all about this upcoming weekend with the App State Mountaineers coming to the Joan and also about all the festivities in remembrance of those special 75 souls that lost their lives back on November 14, 1970. Especially for you guys at the end, if you go to the last 13 minutes, a lot of uh, great stories there from Randy about that. We'll talk about the game before that. You guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, fill stuff. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because it's a herd out here on the porch. Cue the music. we doing this crisp uh fall evening here y'all ready for a little uh football this weekend it's feeling good it was like 75 down here in charleston what was it becky there justin oh we hit a a roasty 62 today Ooh. perfect so a little better than what we had. weather yeah that's perfect it's a little warm for november though not gonna be like that saturday though that's for sure no no Those game time <laughs> highs in the 30s maybe uh yeah, I believe that's accurate. Low forties. Mm. So. Better score some points in the second half, or it's gonna be cold, colder than it already already will be. That's right. Yeah. It gets miserable if you're not uh, if you're in a frustrating game and slow and rainy and cold. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, guys. So let's let's kind of look back real quick on Old Dominion uh, to start. Um, Obviously, one of the best defense performances. I mean, you can't do you can't do better than than a zero, right? Uh, now, lots to be desired offensively, and I'll kind of let you guys take it and uh, tell me your thoughts. I don't know who wants to receive or who wants to defer here, so I'll defer. <laughs> well, just like you said, uh, you can't do better than a shutout. Defense was fantastic from beginning to end. Um, they really brought it against ODU, and uh, you know we we were able to move the ball up until you come into the red zone. And uh, after the defense settled in for a while there, I know Coach Huff said this week he basically told the offensive uh, staff to kick field goals and be conservative because he felt good about the defense once they settled in and everything was going on, but. Uh, Hey, Randy, like to get a touchdown. Real quick, <laughs> real quick. When I hear that, that just sounds like a 
a garbage mentality to me. Why would that be what he's trying to tell them to do? Because you don't have faith that you can throw the football effectively without something bad happening. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, they got points. They did what they needed to do when they got up by the two scores. Um, defense, you know, kept them at bay, played great football. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just hopeful that, that one of two things happens. Uh, either uh, Colin B comes back and is his old self 100% at some point, or Cam uh, Fancher continues to progress and grow, and the light comes on soon for him in the passing game. Now, granted, he was great on the ground on Saturday there Absolutely. at Old Ballard Stadium. He was phenomenal. And I'm if he can give that to us again Saturday, got a real good chance to win that ball game. I don't know. I don't you don't think so? One, I don't know if we can be one-dimensional and win this ball game. Uh, mm. Appalachian State's defense and their veteran quarterback and their ability to do some things, uh, you know, scoring offense-wise, they're top 25 in the country. Um, you know, I'm looking at a team here where we're going to have to – we're going to need some touchdowns to win this game. If we yep. don't score touchdowns, we're going to lose on that. Yep. Hey, Justin, what, what are your thoughts there uh, from Saturday? Well, I, I agree with Randy on, on this coming Saturday. We're going to have to put the ball in the end zone. Uh, against ODU, we, we had pretty much a significant speed advantage on the field. Um, oh. You know, and that really bore itself out, except when you get down into the red zone and the field gets smaller, there's not a, not a lot of space to run around. Um and we bogged down. And I think he just took the points seeing the advantage we had on the defensive side of the ball. Um, their quarterback, I don't even know if the, he couldn't run. He just wouldn't run. Uh, he wouldn't escape the pocket. And we were able to really pressure him and get around their ends and and beat him up. I don't know if they rushed for 50 yards either. So we stopped the run, scored points. Hey, Justin, and, uh, 11 yeah. yards. 11 yards rushing. On 14 carries. Now, granted, you got a couple sacks thrown in there, but right. 11 That's pretty yards. amazing. Yeah. I mean, regardless, that's amazing. Now, I do know that we did not even pass for, I think it was 80-something yards. 89. Yeah. yeah. What, are you looking at the stats? I'd I have like it to know right what here. the time of possession was. <laughs> 38 minutes and 11 seconds. And if we do that again – you have a chance to win Saturday regardless of what App State's doing with the football because of how good our defense can play at times, especially if you're creating turnovers too. I mean, that plus two margin yeah. Saturday was the difference. Right. I, that's going to be tough to do. App State's going to be able to, you know, match our speed a little better. Um, and they're going to be able to run the football a little better. Yeah, and I than, think they've done 11. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get more than 11 yards with the – Cameron Peoples and, and Noel. I mean, those those dudes are and excellent. they have a capable capable quarterback. Yeah, Chase Bryce is pretty good. Um, I mean, we saw him last year against Marshall there, and Boone looks pretty good. Had a good game when he was still getting acclimated to that system. So mm-hmm. you look at him now, and they and they still got an outside outside shot, as does Marshall now. Um, of maybe bringing down this East Championship with the news of Grayson McCall going down for the rest of the season for Coastal. 
Well, they're uh, Marshall does not have the tiebreaker against them, and they do not have as many conference games left as Marshall does. So we're we're out of the East race. We're mathematically well, out, are we? Yes, it's a definite um, big loss for Coastal, though. Uh, losing him down the stretch, it's too bad, and uh, bad for the league too. Um, Coastal was our best hope at mm-hmm. uh, potentially popping in the top twenty-five, maybe getting a New York New Year's Six spot. Mm-hmm. But too much parity. Not going to happen now. Yep, that's right. That's right. Too much parity. That's for sure. Now, so. 100% though, even if like we get into a situation where there's like a three-way tie, we're still out of it. Like let's say every we get two teams that are 5 and 3 in this division because of how jumbled it is, we're still out of it for sure. Well, Coastal has a tiebreaker against us. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, definitely. No doubt. Now that that, you know, that takes away a carrot for sure. I mean, I haven't really heard anybody talk about that all year and it's really not even worth the conversation because you got to find a way if to. If we beat App State and App State beats Coastal and there's a three way tie, I don't know how that works, but head to head, we're out. App, yeah. App State's already lost to Coastal, so that ain't happening. Okay. Or yeah. whoever else would have three losses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the East is jumbled after Coastal, so kind of saw that and thought mm, maybe they could come back to the pack. Granted, though, you, you look at what they have remaining and they've got. Southern Miss and James Madison, um, tough games, and then they have Virginia too, so not going to be easy. But hey, let's let's get back to the herd here. We still need two more to get bowl eligibility out of these next three. How are we feeling about that, guys? Man, it's possible. It's definitely possible, but uh, uh, you're going to have to take care of business at home. In my opinion, we, we got to defend the home field. And uh, get get there, and uh, you know you just never know. You know the defense, as good as our defense has been, uh, the way we're stopping people on third down. Uh, I mean, uh, we're we're good enough to beat anybody when when our defense plays that well. If we can score points to help them out. Yes, and, and looking back to what we were talking about last week briefly we were talking about how teams are up and coming and different programs are getting better. If if you would have read this off 15 years ago, it would have been laughable that Marshall had to win three of four to be bowl eligible against Old Dominion, Appy State, Georgia Southern, and Georgia State. And we're not <laughs> sure if we can do it. Absolutely right, Justin. That makes you think things can change a lot. In they can. Yep. In the blink of an eye. Wow, that is crazy to think, though. I mean, were any, were any of those teams other than – none of those teams were Division One teams back 15 years ago, correct? Or F, uh, FBS, that's right. None of them were. Yeah. Well, then I'm not even to... sure if two of them had teams, but I guess they did. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like Marshall's that far removed from it. I mean – That's what? true. The world's changing. Yep. All the time. <laughs> probably probably more than we'd like here with all the – especially in college athletics with the portal and the way it's going, um, mm-hmm. which kind of kind of would bring me guys to sort of our next our next thing, which is, you know, the more the more things uh, change, the more they stay the same. And we're back now to a, a great rivalry here with App State. I mean, I was looking at it today, and you look at it, we played them from 1977 through 96. 
every year <clears throat> became kind of one of the staples for us on that schedule in the Southern Conference in a good little rivalry. It was great to get it back these last two years, and now as a conference game, it's one that's going to be circled every year on the schedule moving forward. That's that's for sure. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, when you talk about the Southern Conference days, Appalachian State Marshall uh, what was it. It was the big biggest rivalry we had at the time, and you listen to folks uh, just a little bit older than me, you know, they've, they've got a lot of healthy hatred for the Mountaineers. And a lot of those uh, App State folks have a lot of uh, hatred toward the herd. But, uh, you know, 25 all-time meetings in football between the two schools. Appalachian State leads the series 15 to 9, uh, you know, and even at home, you know, we're six and six against these guys uh, historically. Um, so, you know, definitely a history there. Now, and they kind of dominated early, and now we've kind of been they a little did. dominant later. That, that, that is true, but they were always close to us and always there. Even when you go back to 94, 95, 96, those were competitive football games, uh, tough games. We were, that was Marshall's you know, both, closest game. 96. Absolutely. Yeah. 34 to 10. Two FCS powerhouses at the time. Uh, one double A powerhouses that, that were there. Um, but I think when you look at the Sun Belt move, App State is what excited a lot of our fan base more than anything else. Yeah. Getting that regional rivalry back with App State. And, and, you know, I think that's what m- makes this a little bit. Um, uh, more special is the history that we had with them. Yeah, absolutely. And Randy, you know, especially with with this weekend being this weekend, playing App State, it feels kind of appropriate, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about the uh, plane crash anniversary, of course, uh, going back to, to 1970. Uh, you know, it was a long road back for Marshall. And much of that road came in the Southern Conference, no doubt about it. And uh, the the build up to uh, what the program became, um, the championships that that started to happen uh, in the late '80s, uh, into the decade, the dynasty that we had in the '90s, and then the move to FBS uh, that occurred uh, in 1997. Um, you know, when you go back to that tragedy in 1970, it would have been real easy to quit. And it's a testament to Huntington, to West Virginia, to to everyone involved at the time in the administration at the university and in the athletic department that they didn't give up. Um, they persevered. And we had a lot of tough, tough seasons, and a lot of losses. But eventually uh, the wind started to come, uh, the program grew, and look at the opportunities that, that Marshall football provided to hundreds and hundreds of student athletes uh, that wouldn't have been there had, had the program ended in 1970. So I think it's one of the greatest stories uh, that are that not just in sports, but one of the greatest stories of triumph over tragedy that that that, that exists um and, you know and i hope that the takeaway from that is no matter how 
tough things can get, no matter how hard it can be, um, the human spirit can persevere and overcome. And I think that's the, the greatest takeaway from, from the Marshall tragedy. I, I completely agree, Randy. And, you know, to sprinkle in this app state team that's coming in after the plane crash, I I would have to go back and look and maybe blame can, but the teams that have been a part of Marshall's story since the plane crash app state has to be the top one in terms of consistency that we've seen them over the last, you know, 52 years now um, started playing them in the late seventies up through 96. And then we've seen them three or four more times after that. Other than, I don't know, maybe some the Mac schools, Miami, Ohio, maybe. Yeah, they're Ohio. right up there. Ohio does. Yeah. App State may well be right up there as a bigger part of Marshall's comeback story. Um, and a lot of great memories. When you were talking, I was trying to think, uh, you were talking about uh, one of the better stories in, in, in history, period. And I was thinking I was born in 1987 and I did not know a Marshall football losing season until goodness, was it 2005? Something like that. That's amazing to be able to come back from that. And uh, that be the case for someone like me. That's pretty impressive. 1987 was the last time before the mid two thousands. We had a losing season. That's, I think it was, uh, even before that, Blaine. But I was just born in '87. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and you know, funny. '87 yeah, was actually a great year, Blaine. Yeah, yeah, they we, made the national we made title it to game. The national yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and beat App State on the way to doing that yeah. too. 1984 is our first non-losing season, and that was actually Coach Parrish's team. Oh, Larry Parrish. Okay. It was, you know, the great story there is they had won late in the year at Illinois State in a really close game. I think it was like 10-3. And their last game was at East Tennessee State. And they needed that win to go to 6-5. and five, And they got it. Um, I think they won. I think it was 31-28 at East Tennessee State. And people celebrated like we'd won the national championship. And in a lot of ways they did because that was the first time since the plane crash we had a winning season. And you go back to the 84 team and Coach Parrish, God bless him, he, he doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion, for the job that he did. Uh, he came in in 84. We got that winning season. And then in 85, they went 7-3-1. and one. And uh, then – uh, he left for another opportunity, and then Coach Trump came in in 86 and just kept it going. Gotcha. So that, that's where that went. Yeah, and, and yeah. You, you guys brought about 87, you know, win the title. Same score um, as that close uh, game against them in 96, 24-10. So it's kind of like when Marshall beats them 24-10, good things seem to happen in Huntington, uh, bringing <laughs> home some hardware those years. Interesting. Kind of, kind of ironic score. Um, Justin, you mentioned earlier too about the fact you know it's kind of been nice. We kind of are, are bringing them around and playing them more. This will be the fourth meeting since we kind of stopped playing them every year. Um, then again, now this will be the third straight year we've played them again. The lone outlier, do you guys remember that game? 
2002. Is that what you? Yep, absolutely. I do Home remember that, that year. Special Fort... year that year as well. Yeah, great year. I think it was it was a blowout. Yep. Um, and I think we returned to kickoff for a touchdown in that game. If I remember, I don't remember. Maybe it, maybe we didn't. Fifty burger that year, fifty to seventeen. Wow. And that was a big old number seven. You know, slinging it around there, Randy. You were probably on the sideline, weren't you? I was in the press box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? National ranking to start the year that year for that game, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We had a really, really good squad that year with Byron, no doubt about. It. But just to circle back, just to clarify one thing, if you guys were talking about that '87 game where we beat Appalachian State in the playoffs, they beat us in the regular season that year. Mm-hmm. We were ten and five, and and we lost at their place seventeen to ten. In, in November and then came down there on December 12th with a chance to go to the national championship on the line and, and recorded that 24-10 win. A and, month you know, that, later. That was, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was coach chomps team with Cecil Fletcher and Keith Baxter and those guys. So that was our, our first uh, national championship berth. Played them twice in the span of a month. That's, that's amazing. You don't you don't see that you don't see that all that often, you know, especially in college and, football. And ironically, to show you how the world comes full circle too, and I'm just looking back uh, on, uh, in a media guide here, uh, <laughs> we played James Madison uh, in that playoff run too. We beat James Madison forty-one to twelve. Uh, we beat uh, Weber State fifty-one to twenty-three. We won it at Appalachian State, and then lost to Northeast Louisiana. Didn't win it uh, that year. Okay. But but the funny thing is, looking at that schedule and who we played, you know, we're now back in the, uh, a league with James Madison and App State. And, Probably uh, saw some Georgia, Georgia Southerns Southern. on there as well, Randy, in those playoff years, I'd imagine. Well, we, we did not play Georgia Southern in 87. We had we played them in some playoff games, though, right? Oh, yeah, we day. did. Absolutely. And yeah. they were in our, our conference, of course. But Yeah, I was kind of um, thinking when Justin was talking earlier about schools that we've kind of played a lot since the crash, we haven't played Georgia Southern as much as we've played <laughs> at, but that was another one that kind of popped in my head a little bit. Yeah, and the really big win in 87 that, that a lot of people talk about still, and, and it was a last uh, uh, Hail Mary play at the end of the game, we won at Louisville. Tony Peterson was the quarterback. And uh, threw a touchdown pass at the end of the game to beat Louisville thirty-four to thirty-one. So that was a big win, and they were Division One at the time, FBS. And so that was a lower uh, division herd team knocking off a uh, uh, FBS team. And Randy, speaking of Tony Peterson, where's where's he at these days? You know what? You, I've lost track of Tony. I've um, I've got the answer. Isn't here. he at Appalachian State? <laughs> I, well, this according to this here, he is the Illinois State offensive coordinator. Oh yes, he moved on from App. He was at App State though prior prior to this year. Pretty interesting, right? How how kind of full circle that even came for him. He'd be an Absolutely. interesting guy to look into Co- one of these days. Tough. I mean, there's a lot of moving around in coaching. 
it's not a not a job for thin-skinned folks that's for sure yeah absolutely and that's and that's it's kind of why they get paid the big bucks though to do it too obviously um speaking of speaking of kind of thin skin and kind of where we're at here in in the season how how do we feel kind of the fan base is taking this season to this point i've even heard some people say it almost feels disappointing this season even being five and four and doing kind of being where we're at and beating notre dame because of how it's kind of unfolded how are you guys feeling at the kind of the the 75 percent? i guess the quarter pole mark disappointed i'm kind of i'm kind of eh you had the big win against notre dame which i'm thankful for that's something you win a game like that that's a program feather in your cap that lasts forever a hundred years from now we beat notre dame um so that's great but um, I'm with Justin. I'm kind of disappointed because, once again, we're not playing for a championship and we're having to um, fight for our lives to just scrape into a bowl, um, hopefully. And that's not a guarantee because we've got two wins over FCS teams. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's kind of, it's been a roller coaster year. But you know what? We've also got a coach in his second year, and there's growing pains, and things happen, and there's been some injuries, and some unfortunate things happen. Uh, you go into the season with all the optimism. You've got the nation's number one touchdown guy from the year before, and he doesn't even play, um, and he's out. And and I I don't even think he's probably coming back at this point. Yeah, uh, but then you have Laburn come in and, and he lights the world on fire. But still, yet you lose some key games, and and you know it's disappointing. And, and I think you know just to tie it all together a little bit before I ramble here. Um, <laughs> you We're know, okay with a Randy rant. We're okay with after <laughs> 1970. We would have done anything just for a winning season for the longest time because of all those tough seasons and those losses. And now we're spoiled because of the guys that came after in the late 80s and the 1990s and the 2000s. And, you know, we we generated um, all those championships. We went to bowl games. We did the unexpected. We beat people we probably had no business beating. We produced all Americans. We produced Heisman candidates. We I mean, you told me twenty conference. NFL players on the roster. What ninety seven? Well, we. I mean, ninety nine. Yeah, I mean a lot. Our program uh, set the bar really high. When when you look at what Stan Parrish did, George Chomp did, Jim Donnan and Bob Pruitt. I mean, Dad Gum. That's pretty, pretty good company right there. And uh, those guys won a lot of football games and produced a lot of great football players. So the bar is high. The expectations are high. And like Justin said, he was born in 87. I was born in 77. Um, I was small when we had bad years. Um, Most of my life has been success. Martial football has been a success. Uh, in fact, I remember my dad coming home from work in 87 talking about Tony Boland. He worked with Tony Boland's dad at FMC and Nitro. And, and Tony played on that 87 team. And, 
you know, I thought that was pretty amazing, pretty cool that Marshall was playing for a national championship. Um, and and to go forward and, and have the success we did, we're spoiled. Our fans are spoiled. They expect to win. They expect to play for championships. And when we don't do that, you know, they're going to be disappointed like Justin is. And you know what? I'm glad for it. I'm glad Marshall is a place where you expect to play for championships and win. And if you don't, people are disappointed. I'd rather have that than the alternative. Hey, I agree with you, Randy, about that. I think it's it's sort of like to take from the line from, you know, from the movie, right? One day we'll be like everybody else. And Marshall now is like everybody else. And to some extent, maybe a little different than everybody else because of what happened and the success and how it cultivated this culture and this brand. Like Pruitt said in the 90s, we play for championships. That's yeah, right. I think if you ask anybody who's coached here since Jim, uh, probably they'd tell you, yes, um, we're like everybody else now. It's about the wins. I think they would tell you that to a man. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. It's just, again, a remarkable story of perseverance and just what we we went on to do and um you know bear with me i just want to read off a couple things that have happened okay and all of these things don't happen if we drop football okay all right um 72 nfl players have played at marshall okay pretty good man you know um you look at we've had nine conference most valuable players. We've had twelve people who've gone on to be offensive player of the year in the conference that we've been in. And this is on fifty-two years, correct, Randy? Fifty-two years. Yeah, eight on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, we've had four conference coach of the year awards. Um, we've had, you know, and, and this is going back before the crash, but 269 first-team all-conference players, you know. Um, we, we had a Walter Payton Award winner in Michael Payton. We've had multiple college football Hall of Famers, uh, Coach Donnan, Michael Payton, Troy Brown, Mike Barber, post-plane crash. Um, and then, you, you know, you, you look at the Heisman guys, uh, Pennington and Leftwich and Moss, all three of them in that conversation. Um, you know, it's I mean, there are programs that have been big boy programs, power five programs yeah, and, that and haven't had three 12, finalists in New York City. Yeah, and you look at our 12 conference championships all time, uh, nine of them um, have come after 1970. Um, you know, the national championships, obviously, in 92 and 96 – to be ranked uh, in FBS and finish in the top 10, you know, that happened in 1999. Um, and know, that 99 team, remarkable. 99 team, Randy, you were right. Justin did a little research. 10 NFL draft picks that were on that team and then 10 other free agent signings. Unbelievable. Yeah, and, then, and then, you know, we've had 35 first-team All-Americans. Um I think all of those, or, or at least the vast majority, are post-1970. So, you know, what Marshall football has done is remarkable. Really, really remarkable. Very proud of the alma mater. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the program is 
like you said, it's it's went to a height in a place that I don't think you would have ever dreamed, you know. Back when back when you were in that crib, Randy, in seventy seven, rooting on the herd, and they took on App State for that first time. You know, you never yeah. dreamed it. It, it. It's pretty crazy, but now you know we're at the point where you expect to win, and and you want to win, and you want to have success, and you know it starts with recruiting and 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 all the intangibles that go into it, and the support, and the fan support, the facilities all that kind of stuff, and that's why it's important on Saturday everybody get there and be loud and uh, do their part to, to try to get this victory over uh, one of our arch rivals. And what are we thinking attendance-wise? I mean, I think the folks from App State will come. I would imagine I'm going to go over 25,000 there on Saturday. I what? We got we got high school football playoffs that's going to interfere a little bit all um, over the place too. You're right. Yeah, right. we've got Spring Valley. We've got is Cabell Midland playing too? Uh, I know Winfield's got a game. You know, I think that's going to cut into it. The the high school playoffs. There's nothing you can do about it in the three thirty kick time. Um, so I'm thinking it'll probably be under twenty five. You've also got I the other. You got those other mount. You got the other mountaineers up north. Yeah, better. But I tell you what, you know, I want the twenty thousand, twenty two, twenty three, whatever it ends up being, to be loud. You know, um, there's been times uh, in the stadium where we've had smaller crowds, but they've been very loud and into the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guarantee it's, you, App State will bring out the best in a, a true Marshall fan. It's 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 always about having the right twenty eight thousand or the right, you know amount of fans there the ones that are the most passionate and really ready to rock and roll if you have that and you have a good a good atmosphere can create a lot of problems i mean i remember when we played them in the game uh the second game back after covid when they had that national ranking app state did you know you couldn't have as many people in there but man it felt like the fifteen thousand that were there were making about as much noise as sometimes when you had thirty thousand there so it's it can happen yeah, you I'm, know, I'm and going – sorry, Randy. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. I was just going to say, looking at the ticket map, uh, ticket sales look better two days before this game than they did for two days before Coastal, and we had that $13 ticket deal that day. So App State's going to bring people out, it looks like. The only thing uh keep them away would be weather. Um, hopefully that doesn't phase many people, though. Yeah, and that, that is a little bit scary, Justin. Weather, especially with the weather that's potentially coming for Saturday, that's, that's not great. The weather is, is an issue, unfortunately. Well, for our purposes, Blaine, uh, the new forecast is showing 75 and sunny. Sweet. for real? Yeah, yeah the rain's yeah. going to get all out of here on Friday night. Early in, into, so I think I think it might be a little I mean, I'm not so sure about that temperature. I thought it was supposed to get a little colder. <laughs> I've got I was joking. here. <laughs> I was trying to, if any herd There'll fans are listening, chilly. go to the game. <laughs> yeah, but get to the game. Get to the game. Be there. This is what it's all about. This is this is the reason to be in the Sunbelt Conference, to reunite with App State. And what I wanted to say was, who's our Michigan? If we're Ohio State, who's our Michigan? It's got to be App State. App State's got to be our chief rival now. And when you look at the success of your program 
and, and your coach, you got to beat your rivals. So this is one of those games for, for Coach Huff. He's got to win. Uh, you know, he's 0-1 against App State. He needs yep. to get that first win on Saturday because if he goes into year three 0-2 against an arch rival like that, that 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 just makes it uh, <laughs> makes the fan base unhappy. Yeah, agree. It does, and you know, he's 12 and 10 in his time here at Marshall, and like you said before, Randy, he was talking about closing the gap. Well, we're we haven't and, exactly closed the gap, and conversely. You know, on the other side of the ball, Sean Clark's in the same position. You know, uh, Doc Holliday got him in his first outing to Huntington. Uh, they were top 25, and we knocked him off. And then he kind of redeemed himself last year, picking up that close win down in Boone. So this is a big game for Sean Clark, too, because I'm sure most App State fans will tell you um, it, it's not necessarily the Teal Chickens that they care about. It's more the boys in green and white. Yep. And you know, it's crazy. You bring that up, Randy, about how that's how they feel. And I'm sure they kind of feel like this season's also a disappointment right now, despite the win versus A&M, you know, we're talking about two teams. This, this cracks me up too. And I I was talking to some folks about this earlier this week. We've got two Sunbelt teams playing on Saturday that beat top 10 teams, Texas A&M and Notre Dame. And the game's on ESPN+. Plus. It's not even one of the top marquee games for the week for the league. <laughs> hmm. Think about that. And that is another one of our conference brethren who happens to have the same record that we do in conference play at 2-3 and three, beat Nebraska. So when's the last time you had a, a group of five league with um, teams with a record of two and three in their division that had wins over Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Nebraska, and Virginia Tech. Yeah, throw Fred you in there. Yeah, exactly. Right. How about that? Hey, Justin, you know, Randy, it kind of goes and to the point. And we're all in last place. How about yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> Played for the seller yet able to beat the Blue Bloods. It kind of goes to the point, Justin, you brought up um, before our game down at JMU about how everyone is now closer to those power five teams and the power five teams are farther away from the, the legit, legit powerhouses right now in college football. Like it allows for a team like Marshall to be five and four and two and three in their league and still beat Notre Dame because it's so much parody throughout the world of college football. Right. Oh, now. We're, we're closer to Notre Dame than Notre Dame is to Georgia. But then Notre Dame smashes Clemson transitive property. Unreal. Right. Like, well, Clemson, we we've talked. We thought they would lose to Wake Forest this year. Remember? Oh yeah. So <laughs> they they just uh, yeah. This isn't them the last couple of years. I'll I'll edit what we get to get it there. I promise. All right. So so predictions. I've got a twenty four to twenty three herd win on a game winning field goal. You got twenty four twenty three. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. I think Marshall's going to come out fired up, maybe create a turnover too, maybe get a defensive score. Special teams touchdown. They got one in Boone last year on that crazy fake uh, where Rasheen took it all the way to the house. I think Marshall will lose the lead in the fourth quarter, but find a way to win it at the end, Justin. I was with you. Field goal to win it. I think Marshall wins at 26-24. 
does just enough. I think the ability of Marshall to stop the run will be crucial. And then you heat up Bryce a little bit. He's not necessarily a, a great in terms of mobility. I think you heat him up. Um, and I think you can run the ball in App State. That's one thing they seem to be susceptible to is, is the run. So I agree. I do think we can match up better on the outside with their receivers, which would provide us a good ability to pressure the quarterback. Um, if we can do that, we got a good shot. Yep. Randy, what do you think? Well, it's the Memorial Week. Um, we traditionally play very, very well uh, around this time of year, especially at home. Um, a lot of it will depend on how our players handle the hype and the emotion, um, you know, the helmets, uh, all of that. There's a lot of buildup usually for this game. I, I think the new coaching staff continues that. I know. Uh, Coach Holiday staff put a lot of emphasis on Man, it. Man, nobody did that like Doc, though, in no. terms of winning with it, too. No. It was incredible. Put a lot into it. And, you know, I'm kind of sentimental. So I'm going to go with 15 13 Marshall Ooh. wins. And a shout out to the young Thundering Herds win over Xavier in 71. We'll, there we'll, we go. we'll do it that way. 15 13. Five wow. field goals, game winner. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> After last week, you know. Uh, just one more, buddy. We just need yep. one more. Just one Come on, Beerhoff. Give us one more. Now, that said, that said, you know, this App State team, I got to give a shout out to Michael Hughes from George Washington. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good young kicker for App State. And I'm just hoping, hoping he doesn't pop a big, uh, some kind of historic 60-yard field goal or something on us Saturday. <laughs> you know he's going to be juiced up, ready to roll. Going to be a fun he, one. He's got a strong leg. He's a he's a he's going to be a really really good kicker. I really think so. So I know App State got a good one in him. And I'll say this: they've got a lot of good players, and I'm I'm worried about if their offense really gets cooking. It, it could be an issue. Our defense is really good, but we our offense is going to have to offense going to have to run the football. If we can run the football. We have an opportunity, but I'm I'm nervous about App just bringing so many guys into that box that we don't know what to do with it. Yeah, well, everyone's going to do that. Uh, they tried that last week; it worked out for us. Granted, two different teams, but um, I feel I feel like, if, like you said, if we can run and not turn the ball over, we got a shot. And we're at home. Uh, it's the Memorial Weekend. A lot of positives going for us at home. So I think the herd finds a way to win it. I really do. Um, yeah, we got, I think we, we all think that for some reason, you know, just has that vibe. Any, anything people should kind of be aware of and, and really try and kind of take in the moment for this, for this weekend here with the, with all the, the ceremonies and the memorial and kind of, and what it means you know, people should kind of look into. If they don't already know, they should, but if they don't. Well, I, I honestly every- don't know the pregame uh, lineup except for the walk, but I think everyone should experience. Is there a ceremony when the fountain's turned off? Yeah, the university always holds the ceremony to uh, turn off the memorial fountain. 
Um, but that will probably come on actually November 14th. Okay. Um, that, that usually happens. And I'm not seeing the press release from the university yet about when that will be, but that'll be next week. Um, yeah, that's something I've never been able to attend. The, the other they, one. Hasn't. Oh, well, let me tell you, that is that is very special, very som- somber event. Uh, it, it, I think you should try to make it to at least one. Um, I, I, I've been to many and it really hits home the tragedy and the lasting ramifications that it has not only on the university, but the community, but the families too. Um, Mm -hmm. I always go back to Frank Gloria's son. He spoke several years ago at one of the, uh, fountain ceremonies and there, I just cried. I wept listening to his story growing up not knowing his father uh his mom was pregnant with him when frank died in the plane crash and growing up he just knew that sign outside of clarksburg that said frank gloria all american uh, as his dad and the stories that people told and the people in the community about his father and you know his his son grew up to go to the united states naval academy and become a doctor Uh, But what really pulled at my heart listening to him talk all those years ago, he had never been to Marshall. He'd never been to Huntington. Uh, His mother couldn't bear to come back to campus after losing her husband. The grief was just too, too much. And he said he went most of his life feeling like there was a hole in his family. And he said, I wish I had come here sooner because today stepping on this campus, I realize I have a family, a big family that I didn't know about, a bigger family that I'm a part of. And uh, it was it was moving, very moving. But there's moments like that. And, and everyone who speaks and talks about their lost loved ones and the people they knew, I mean, it's powerful, extremely powerful. And uh, when that, that fountain is turned off, uh, for the winter, uh, I mean, it's it, it's just a very somber, solemn event and a remembrance, and I think a great honoring of those who lost their lives in that accident. And, you know, when I look back at the people I've met through the fountain ceremonies and the grandchildren, the children and the grandchildren, um, just remarkably strong people. And, and that is uh, a big part of the fabric of our university. And I think where we sometimes, you know, I wasn't born yet. Like I said, I was born in 77. But when I was sports information director, I got, had the blessing to get close to a lot of folks um, who were family members and so forth. And they're friends to this day. Um, you realize the impact and, and how fragile life is and how we're not promised tomorrow. You just never know what might happen. Uh, but the human spirit and the ability to endure such pain and, and, and loss and still carry on is amazing. And life is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, I think about all those people and those flights that we took. And, you know, it was always in the back of your mind, hey, 
football team and we're flying to a football game today. And especially if the weather's bad, you think back to that and you just think, wow, you know, we're not guaranteed the next day. So live each day to the fullest. Tell the people you love that you love them, you know, and love them tight. Give them a hug before you go out that door and, and don't take things for granted. Uh, but what a special place to be. What a special university to be at. Um, and <laughs> something that hit me, guys, when we played East Carolina uh, after the movie had come out, uh, and we were, we were down in uh, Greenville, and this, this, I get emotional thinking about it. Uh, we were, they were dedicating the gate at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium that day to the uh, 1970 team. And the East Carolina community is so intertwined with our community uh, because that's who we played that day, uh, on November 14th, 1970. And they played down there and they dedicated a get gate to the, to the team and there was a great ceremony. Um, East Carolina is always going to be a part of you know our extended family because of that. But the morning of that game, we went to McDonald's for breakfast. Steve Cotton, myself, our radio crew, uh, Coach Cyrus. Um, we were sitting in a booth at McDonald's when I felt a hand on my shoulder. And I turned to my left, and there's an older gentleman with tears in his eyes. And he's wearing one of those old satin East Carolina jackets like you would see baseball players wear in the 1980s early 80s and he 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 could barely speak his voice was quivering and he said you have no idea how good it is for me to see you and he started to cry hmm. i'm starting and to cry randy and we're we're sitting there with our marshal gear on i had a marshal shirt on uh steve had a marshal polo we had marshal shirts he said, are you with the team? And we said, yes, sir. I'm the sports information director. This is our play-by-play guy, and our radio crew. And he told us that he was an assistant coach on the 1970 East Carolina staff. And it was wow. And uh, he fought back tears. And he said, you have no idea how important that logo is on your shirt. He goes, there's not one day that goes by that I don't think about them and I don't see their faces since that happened. He goes, I have rooted for Marshall University's football team more than any other team except for East Carolina my entire life. I have hung by every score on that ticker. And I've been there for every loss and every win. And it is amazing what Marshall has done. And I am so proud of Marshall. And I'm so proud of that logo. He said, there's not a more important logo in college football. And I hope you guys know that. And we just sat there as he told us that. And, and the tears welled up. And uh, it was just like, wow. I still get emotional over it just because of the power of, of hearing that guy's voice quiver and, and what he had to say to us that day. Um, but it's important. 
Football's experience. Yeah. Football's very important. And we got a lot of fans. You know, I always thought it was a Huntington centric uh, issue, but I, you know, in my time in the athletic department, I learned it's not just Huntington. That tragedy affected Greenville. That tragedy affected Tuscaloosa, where we had the four young men from Tuscaloosa. That tragedy affected New Jersey. Everywhere we had a student athlete from or a coach from, there there was a hole torn in that place that day. And those memories may fade somewhat, but that pain doesn't go away. Um, what that man shared with us was, was powerful and I'll never forget it for the rest of my life, but it made me realize, you know, how special my school is, how special Marshall football is. And, you know, the fact that we still play that still carries a lot, especially with people from those generations that were alive when, when that tragedy happened. So by golly, I guess that's why we have so much love for our, our school and our football program, you know, to, to be on the verge of having something taken away um, just in a horrible accidental uh, middle of the night sweep like that. And then uh, to see the rise from the ashes to go on to great things and everything. I mean, I just, it's special. And, and by golly, I hope we, we have nothing but success moving forward and something like that never happens again. Yeah. I mean, Randy, I think you need to give the speech Saturday to the team, man. I'd be ready to run through a wall right now. While, while oh, choking back tears, man. Than me to give that speech. Well, hey, you, you, <laughs> you give it well, man. I mean, but, uh, you know, and something, and I know I've been long-winded here, guys, but this is a big part of who we are as a university and as a community and a family, because I think of Marshall as a family. Um, I think what makes our university great, and I think some people may lose sight of this today, it's not the bricks and mortar. It's not the endowment. It's, it's not how many students we have. The thing that's always made Marshall great is our people, the people are what made Marshall great. It's our people. They're our number one resource. And I hope those in charge understand that. It's, it's the people that matter most uh, that make our university what it is. And, um, I mean, wow. I, you just, you, you can't beat Marshall. You can't. Uh, you know, we win every time we put that helmet on just because we play. Man. That's it, Randy. I mean, hey, I, I, I want to go. I want him to go play Saturday right now. And it's App State, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys, you got to win for. It. But you know what? Talking about the game too, I love what they've done with the helmets and the equipment staff. What uh, they've done beautiful. in recent years, the names on the stripe on the helmet, uh, the logo of the young thundering herd on the sides of the helmet. I mean, that's a beautiful lid. I, I don't think there's a better looking helmet in college football. Um, the 75 decal on the back, um, you know, just, just a great tribute. Just a minute. And I hope we never stop remembering the, the loss, not because so much of the memorial aspect of it, but because of the story of inspiration that the rebirth of Marshall football is. 
I, I think that's what's key. Um, you know, we honor them by moving on and telling the story of perseverance against all odds. You know, that's the Marshall story. Uh, I mean, we have memorials here and there, and we have the cemetery, we have the plane crash site, we have the memorial bronze, we have the fountain, we have Memorial Boulevard, but the the true testament to what makes Marshall great is our football program, our football team, and the kids that go on and, and play at Marshall, and and the ones that, that wear those jerseys now. You know, that's that's how we really honor. I think those that were lost that night.